0: This week, we discuss 457 visas, chief executive salaries, Chinese investment in WA, and the state of the construction industry. Welcome to Mark My Words, the weekly podcast from Business News, with Mark Panel and Mark Byer discussing the important business news and data stories from Western Australia. Hi, I'm Mark Byer. I'm joined today by Dan Wilkie. Good morning, Dan. Morning, Mark.
1: Now, we'll jump straight into it this morning. Now, the big news out of Canberra this week... 457 visas. Now, understand there's been a bit of a mixed reaction to to changes to that program.
0: Yep. Look, this is really interesting. There are many dimensions to this change. I think, broadly, we have to admit it's driven to a large degree by populist politics, a lot of symbolism in the government declaring that they've abolished 457 visas. Of course, they've brought in two new visas. And I think. For most businesses, short-term, there shouldn't be too much impact. Uh, I mean, there are still 435 occupations that are covered by the new scheme, um, and it's very broad. Nurses, cooks, mechanics, a very broad range of of sectors covered by it. I think, like many things, the devil is in the detail. Uh, There are higher fees that will apply in future, um, more hurdles for businesses for businesses to jump and one of the really crucial things is labor market testing i think a lot of people have lost sight of the fact that the whole point of 457 visas was to fill gaps that lo- that businesses couldn't fill from local supplied uh, local workers there'll be labor market testing under the new regime but how strict will it be yeah you know, this is one of the perennial challenges An employer might say, we need a skilled, experienced person. There are lots of locals with the training, but they don't have the experience. So I think that's going to be really crucial. Um, And it's been fascinating to see some of the feedback. Uh, Universities are upset. Um, I read that the horse racing industry is upset. They find it hard to find locals that get up at 3am to do the track work. Interesting. Apparently there are lots of 457 workers who are the backbone of the horse racing industry? So you know there are 95,000 people around the country on four, five, sevens. So it's you know a small percentage, but nonetheless very significant. So you know I think we're going to look really closely to see how this is managed in future.
1: Yeah, it's really fascinating to see the different reactions, and and it will be fascinating to look forward and see what, what happens there. Now, one of your regular. Uh, features that you, you put together, Mark, is a look at CEO salaries, and you do this probably once a quarter. And you've had a look at the new CEO salaries over the past three months. What's going on there?
0: Yeah, look, we've got a sample of about thirty-six chief executive, executives who are, are newly appointed, or their companies are just listed on the ASX, so we get more disclosure. It's been quite a substantial fall in at a median level. It's around two hundred and fifty thousand. Now, last year, it was more around 300000 That was the median for a, a chief executive in terms of base salary. Um, similarly, there's been a big fall in average salary levels. So, yeah, it sort of makes sense in the, in the current environment. Uh, businesses are being very cautious with their money. And, uh, you know, there are less opportunities around for executives as always, a very wide range. I mean, the latest survey I did went from 120000 a year at the bottom end up to about 700000 at the top end. The key for a lot of these people is the equity incentives, and particularly for people down the lower end. They're taking a small salary, particularly if it's an exploration company, but they've got a big whack of share options or performance shares or something of that kind so good on them. You know, they're taking risk, you know, modest salary now, but big upside if things pay off. So good to have a read and just see how the numbers compare to uh, businesses that you might be familiar with. Mm,
1: Yeah, it's definitely seems reflective of where we're at in the economy, economy, but it's good to see some people backing themselves with those equity deals, as you say. Now, uh, big news out on Friday morning was the Foreign Investment Review Board gave the green light for the takeover of Duet Group by Chinese interests. Now, there's always a bit of debate when a big infrastructure group gets taken over by a a foreign entity. Um, How significant is Chinese investment in WA?
0: Yeah, look, I've I've been looking through our own database uh, on the Business News website. There's the BNIQ search engine. Now, we've got a database there going back about seven years. Um, Literally hundreds of takeover deals are itemised there. And I've been working through that and just seeing how many Chinese takeovers there have been. Um, As you say, Duet is a very big one. Uh, That's the company that owns the Dampier-Bunbury gas pipeline. It also owns a lot of um, remote power generation in in towns and mine sites. Uh, That's a $7.5 billion deal. And it comes um, on top of the Chinese group bidding for Alinta Energy, That's a $4 billion deal. Um, Once again, still waiting for approval. So those two deals combined mean that a big chunk of energy infrastructure in WA will come under foreign ownership. But what I've also found is that a lot of the Chinese investment, there was a a flurry of big deals in the iron ore sector. Most of that iron ore is still sitting in the ground. Right, right. So it was um, Aquila Resources, Midwest Corporation, Brockman and others. Um, there's been a few gold deals and, of course, that's also been in the news. Uh, Shandong was looking to buy the half the super pit, but they've pulled out. But they have bought the Southern Cross gold mine. Um, Yan Cole owns Premier Coal down at Colley. Um, there's a bit of investment in Lithium. But I think it's uh, this, this broad perception that there's this wave of Chinese money taking over lots of assets. Um, it's not that simple. Right. So, uh, Dan, I'll throw to you now. Your big feature coming up is on construction. Things are relatively quiet there. So how are people adapting and, and
1: how tough is it? Oh, it's pretty tough. Um but I must say that there is cautious optimism emerging and it's another one of those sectors in property where the market's likely at the bottom or close to it. Um, but what people are saying is office construction has fallen off a cliff. It uh, wasn't that long ago there seemed to be cranes everywhere in the CBD. Now there's two or three big projects um, under construction. Uh, looking ahead, there is a major job up to grubs in Fremantle. Sorona Capital is expected to name its building partner pretty soon, uh, in the the next few weeks, for its King Square redevelopment. But outside that, there's not much going on in offices. But that was expected. But the market did actually think that apartments was going to take over and and take up some of that slack. That hasn't happened. Patchy pre-sales in apartments means that a lot of builders are spending time, effort, and money tendering for projects that may never get out of the ground, and that, that's a considerable challenge. And you know, they've got to be, they've got to act like buyers. They've got to really look into the development, look at the developer, and decide whether they're going to tender on it, just as you would if you're going to buy an apartment off the plan. You want some certainty that the project's going to go ahead. Now, there's a lot of hotel proposals out there, but again, a few big ones coming out of the ground. There's a um, and but. And a few small ones, but not as much as what's proposed. And the retail sector, that's also been offered up as a bit of a panacea to the, the building slowdown, but the big jobs, um, most of them are being taken care of by Centre Group, which owns the Westfield Centres, they've got their own construction arm, and Multiplex has got the other two big ones, which is up and Mandurah Forum, and the other one coming up is Garden City Buragoone, where a builder hasn't been named yet, so maybe about $3 billion worth of work, but a lot of builders have already got their name on it, so that's a challenge too. Um, The market's really keenly awaiting some certainty around the new state government's plans, particularly Metronet. So I think in about six six months they'll have some certainty over what what parts of Metronet are going to go ahead, and that's not only going to be the the, the rail work, it's going to be the stations, and presumably that'll be the catalyst for some development around where the stations would be, so that's going to be the big expectations coming forward.
0: Okay. So a bit of a challenge there. Okay, now in this tough market, it's hard for businesses to achieve rapid growth, but there are businesses out there that are growing fast and we'd love to hear from them. We have our annual Rising Stars Awards coming up um, in the next couple of months and we're now calling for nominations. Um, It's not just start-up businesses, it's everything from from the small end through to established businesses, public, private, not-for-profit, so if, if you run a business or organisation that's been achieving good growth and you'd like to be uh, get some recognition for that, let us know. Go to the Rising Stars website, rising-stars.com.au. You can get more details or give us a call. And thanks very much for listening. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening to Mark My Words with Mark Pownall and Mark Beyer from Business News. For more information, please go to businessnews.com.au forward slash podcasts And to receive these regularly, search for Business News WA in iTunes or SoundCloud.